When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Calm. Okay, we're all in take five. Aaron Hogan, Rod Paper. Austin, Texas, Sports, The Horn. It is Friday, folks. Friday on the Horn. That means, what is it, Rod Babers? It's a freak flag, feel good, fake it till you make it. Ric Flair, woo, football Friday edition. And we did have football last night. Uh, Thursday night variety. There's games all weekend, weekend uh, preseason week two. And, yeah, we're going to get you an update on Moro Ojimo. Scary incident involving the Lifetime Longhorn last night in Philly. Two Eagle players had to be carted off, immobilized and carted off, including Moro. We'll get you the details on that. Also, the uh, on the the just the facts segment. Rob, we're talking about the uh, I don't know. We don't you you and I neither watch the yell at each other shows on ESPN I, yeah, or Fox. I, Skip I'll, Bayless or yeah. Stephen A. Smith, Screaming A. Smith. Yeah, I prep for those for, for sports, but I do not watch the TV sports shows. I will admit that. Uh, yeah, so yes, Shannon Sharp will be joining Stephen A. Smith on that show called First Take. Okay, Mondays and Tuesdays. And then, I don't know, it's a combination of J.J. Reddick and Mad Dog Russo and some other people on the shows we don't watch. But just to clarify <laughs> and make the facts clear, <laughs> Shannon Sharp will be joining Stephen A. Smith on Mondays and Tuesdays for that program, Skip Bayless, and he had a falling out. Remember, he had the it was when Skip had the completely tasteless tweet about uh, DeMar Hamlin, when DeMar Hamlin was laying essentially oh, dead on yes, the field. Oh, yes, I do kind of remember this In Cincinnati, yeah, and, he and, okay. he and St- he and Shannon Sharp's relationship yeah. was never the same. Mm-hmm. It says, guys, the Cowboys drought is a curse and will go on until Jimmy Johnson is in the ring of honor. Thank you <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay, well, you know what? That is a wrong that needs to be righted. I don't know what – and Jerry, he has said – he's, he's flip-flopped on this thing now. He said – before he was going to put Jimmy Johnson in, and then when he's asked about it again recently, he did not want to confirm or deny either way whether he was getting in or not. I don't know what's going on there. That's ridiculous, though. He needs to put Jimmy Johnson in the Hall of Honor. Yeah. The Ring of Honor but, long ring ago. Of honor, sorry. Long yeah. ago. Well, and again, to, to your point about my hot take 23, 24 years ago that I would walk to Dallas if the Cowboys win the Super Bowl with Jerry one. Jones as general manager, think about where the inception of that was, right? I was a kid. Growing up in Houston, who hated Bud Adams, my the owners mm-hmm. the owners I grew up with my favorite teams I didn't like them they were terrible owners. Bud Adams was a criminal, a crook in my mind. He stole my team. <laughs> he stole my team and moved him. So you know, as much as I didn't like the Cowboys, I was a big Jerry Jones fan because mm-hmm. I covered the Cowboys at St. Ed's when they were training camp there. They were winning Super Bowls. Yeah, and I would be like, well, that's how an owner should be. That's how an owner should own. Like, wow. Right? I didn't know that. Well, that's true. That's the, ori- so that's the origin of the well, yeah, take. Because okay. I was such a I, – I hated Bud Adams like all Houston fans did. And the Astros owner – the Astros at the time had, had, a, had an owner named John McMullen, who was this dude from New Jersey who oh, owned the Astros. And he was, he was the one that tried to give Nolan Ryan a pay cut. And it's the only reason Nolan ended up 
not in Houston, but in Arlington again, <laughs> pitching for the Rangers for the last seven years of his career because John McMullen had the audacity to try to give him a pay cut. Hmm. Uh, like, really? And Nolan Ryan just walked out and said, okay. Uh, so Jerry Jones wasn't perfect, but at least for me, he, he was like, that's how you own a team. That's You hire a great coach, you let him do his job, hmm. he, he builds the team. And, of course, so I flipped on Jerry because – he let his ego get in the way of keeping Jimmy Johnson and just keep yeah. the winning going, man. They did. Like, what they are did. you doing? You could have. Oh, man. So you're going to really argue you over won, who bro. gets the credit instead of just keep rolling? And yeah. so I was like, well, that's not going to work. I've seen bad ownership. I've seen bad ownership and, before. And, and you know what Jerry's upset about? Even with that take, because that is, you're right about that. No question. Uh, I'm not disagreeing with any of it. Jerry's mad that why, why aren't people upset with Jimmy? Because Jimmy could Jimmy could just let it go, too. Jimmy didn't, Jimmy didn't let it go. Neither one, neither one of their egos would allow them to let it go. Jimmy could let it go and be like, listen, yeah, of course, Jerry, you get all the credit. I'll give you all the credit, Jerry. But neither one wanted to okay, let it go. Both egos. But I both would say egos. this. I think Jimmy bet on the fact that Jerry needed him a lot more than he needed Jerry. Oh, no, it's so true. We know now. <laughs> that that's now been proven. Now, <laughs> after two decades, we know that is true. Initially, Jerry was right because he brought in Barry Switzer. Yeah. And he, right? Initially, he's like, I told you, anybody can win. I, bring, I like anybody to win with this guy more than And it's like, oh. Uh, yeah, and within two years yeah. of Barry Switzer, Troy Aikman hated his guts and the team <laughs> it, fell apart. It fell apart fast. Yeah. Oh, there and, you go. you know, and that's where I made the claim and the argument I would walk. I, and I assumed he would fire himself as general manager. Because I was like, you're going to be the general. You're going to be the general manager now. You just had Jimmy Johnson running your football ops and doing an unbelievable job of building that roster and making it into a powerhouse. And you're going to now you're in charge. Yeah, that's not going to work. Ego, I've man. seen bad ownership, y'all. That's bad ownership. Ego and hubris. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. Uh, and if you're a Houston fan, you know bad ownership. You've seen it. You've but watched it for different reasons. Just for reasons. Jerry's was ego. Houston's was just incompetence, inept- ineptitude. Like they, <laughs> they yep. uh, just you know, uh, uh, ill-equipped ownership. Once the uh, son took over. Hey, by the way, interesting because we we're I just there's so many just the fact stories, and then we're gonna get to our headlines. Then Rod's gonna give you a rant. We're also gonna hear a clip uh, yesterday in our show. If you missed it, uh, in the ten o'clock hour, we have a five hour show every day, so we understand you can't listen all day every day. You got things to do. But if you want to go back and listen on a podcast, in our 10 o'clock hour, we had a great conversation with the legendary, well, lifetime Longhorn, but also legendary high school head coach Todd Dodge, who's now retired, mm. seven state championships, three straight at Westlake yep. on his way out. And, um, boy, what a really – I mean, we learned a lot about football. Rod, you know a lot about football already, and even you learned a lot about oh, football from Todd Dodge yesterday. Great football conversation. Yeah. Just dropping knowledge. Oh, dropping the sweet science. Essentially of how to win. <laughs> How to yeah. win football games. How, well, how to build a program. And then win football games <laughs> win over football and over. Games, yeah. uh, and, and you'll hear Todd. I, I pulled a piece from, from Todd, or Ty did, pulled a cut from Todd Dodge talking about Quinn Ewers because he, mm-hmm. he's known Quinn Ewers a long time. His son, Riley Dodge, coached Quinn Ewers yep. at South Lake Carroll. So we'll let you hear what Todd is thinking and hearing about Quinn Ewers and, and into year two as the starter for the Longhorns. But this is interesting. Did you see this story, Rod, where we talk about bad leadership, bad ownership? The, the the collapse of the Pac-12 now, the down to Pac-4. Oh, yeah. And now there's word that Oregon State and Washington State would like to keep the Pac-12 together and kind of rebuild it around the Mountain West. They're interested in that, but obviously Oregon and Stanford are not. So Oregon and Stanford, excuse me, uh, Stanford and Cal Stanford are not Cal. interested in mm-hmm. staying. They want to move into the ACC. They've made that very clear. You know who's lobbying for Stanford and Cal? There's, uh, with S- for SMU and Stanford into the ACC – Condoleezza Rice and George H.W. George W. George Bush Jr. Essentially. W. George, George, w. Yeah. Mm-hmm. W. 
<laughs> the, the heavy hitters are coming out. He's, he's trying to get SMU and trying to, pr- to pull some, you know, twist some arms in the ACC. Hey, let, let SMU in. It's a good thing. Because remember, they were one vote shy. And is it, it because happening. Condoleezza went to Stanford? Is it? Is it she, she was, was the chancellor there? She was there while. at one point. Like she either worked there or uh, yeah. went there. So she's lobbying for and, them. And, and it's because of the Bush, their connection to SMU. Because is, is there a presidential library of the Bushes there? What's, yep, what's the connection? Is. That's, is where, it, that's where the Bush presidential library is. Library is? Okay, that's yeah. Right. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. There you go. That makes sense. Um, so, and yeah, and that, and, you know what? That's a. I will say that George, is. George H.W. Bush's presidential library is at A&M, correct? And then George W. is I think at you're right about SMU. that. Yeah, because that's why he. Me. Yeah, you know, I, yeah, exactly. I know there's a presidential I'm library not sure connection. SMU and their boosters will call, hey, W, help us out. This is a chance to get in. It's a powerful endorsement, man. I mean, yeah. <laughs> for, President. Yeah. <laughs> and a former Secretary of State. Yeah. Uh, but how about this from Dennis Dodd? Actually, this story came from the LA Times that was out this week. As we the, the, as the plot twists of what happened in the Pac-12 come out, so there was a story in the LA Times this week that after losing Texas and Oklahoma to the SEC, Bob Bowlesby called George Klyavkov, the then commissioner of the Pac-12, and proposed a 20-team merger mm-hmm. between the yeah. Big 12 and the Pac-12. That's not new news. Yeah, but the report was that it was the USC president Carol Folt who shot down the idea, and it's the question is being begged on the West Coast is. Was that because USC was already in talks with Fox and the Big Ten? And that's why they – they because that, that deal would have saved the Pac-12. That's, that's why they put the kibosh on the deal? Yeah. They sabotaged yeah, it? Yeah, Texas – yeah, that they, they did it because they knew there was something afoot beyond them. Buying that? that I Yeah, honestly, this is – there's a lot of, you know, kind of Game of Thrones, secession, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, really behind-the-scenes backstabbing, oh, uh, yeah. political uh, conniving, <laughs> duplicitous intrigue happening well, set, with all this it. realignment. So I would not doubt that at all because we know, we know that Greg Sankey was working on the college football playoff expansion committee with Bob Bowlesby yeah. while at the same time whilst – all right, poaching Oklahoma and Texas at the same time. Yeah, backstabbing. Yeah, and then the alliance was formed. Yeah, which they the, were all backstabbing. Exactly. Each other. And did the Big Ten Commission backstab the alliance? So trust me, it's it's a lot of uh, well, conniving think, going on around here, man. Well, so think about I don't where doubt it would that. be if where we would be in college football and in college athletics if that had happened. If USC and UCLA had stayed in the new twenty team, whatever it would be called. The 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 forming of that with Texas and Oklahoma still in the SEC. Oh yeah. And the Big Ten still a powerful conference, the ACC, but then that would be the twenty-team fourth super conference. But there would be it would be all West Coast. It wouldn't be, you know, coast to coast. Yeah, I got you. But ESPN did that. Would you right? That's ESPN that's, and Fox didn't want it that way. Let's keep when you go to the Game of Thrones thing. Who was really pushing the button? <laughs> ESPN and Fox didn't want it that way. That is true. You're right. That is a great point. We don't talk enough about them because they're they're in the shadows behind the scenes. Pulling the puppet Little strings, finger. yeah, yeah. But you're right. That's that's a big part of it. We don't, and we that is why the conspiracy theory. Remember, even Bob Bowlesby, he claimed that conspiracy theory too, uh, that the networks were actively working to sabotage the Big Twelve. He said that. Oh yeah, he, he sued put him. that on the record. Yeah, yeah, he put it on the record. He was he a lawsuit. He went straight up grassy no man conspiracy theory. Come so. on, biting the hand that feeds you for sure. So yeah. Hey, let's get to the headlines real quick. Then we'll dive into Rod's rant as we're loaded on a Friday. And we're glad you're with us. UBO Business Service is starting the NBA, and yeah, it's official now. Not surprising, but the Spurs and the rest of the NBA announced their schedules yesterday for the 2023-2024 season. For the second straight year, the Spurs will be coming to Austin for a two-game night, uh, two-game series over two nights at Moody Center. 
Uh, the schedule's now out. They're going to face the defending champion Denver Nuggets Friday night, March 15th. That'll be a big one. And then the Brooklyn Nets the next night. Tickets will go on sale September 15th at 10 a.m. In the NFL, week two of the preseason kicked off last night in Philadelphia. Not a lot of uh, lead players played in this game. Eagles and Browns. Quarterback Jalen Hurts, quarterback Deshaun Watson watching in street clothes. There were a couple of scary moments, though, in the game, and one involving former Longhorn defensive lineman Moore Ojimo, seventh-round rookie, was chasing Browns quarterback Kellen Mond. He collided with a teammate, suffered what appeared to be an injury to the head or neck area. He was immobilized and taken off on a cart. Good news, though, the St. Eagles did provide an update confirmed that it was an injury to his neck, but added he has full movement in all extremities. Uh, two more preseason games tonight on the card. Bryce Young and Carolina in New York to face the Giants, and Cincinnati is in Atlanta. No clear word on whether Bijan Robinson will see his first game action or not. Out in California, Cowboys wrapped up their three-week training camp in Oxnard ahead of preseason game number two tomorrow night in Seattle. That game will once again feature not many, if any, Dallas starters. It will go a long way to solidifying the two-deep roster there in the 53-man roster for Dallas. Down in Houston, Texans have held joint practices with the Miami Dolphins the past two days. Two teams will play tomorrow afternoon at 3. Light night in baseball last night. Rangers and Astros both had the night off. Both will play fun weekend series opening tonight. The Rangers are going to host the first place Brewers. Brewers currently sit atop of the NL Central. Rangers, of course, first place in the AL West. Astros hosting Seattle in a divisional matchup. But the Mariners are, don't, don't sleep on the Mariners. They're just six games back of the Rangers in the West, but a half game out of a wild card spot in the American League, so those will be some playoff uh, kind of field week games this weekend. Uh, Round Rock Express have now won nine in a row. They beat Sugarland 6-3. to three. And in soccer, Austin FC returns to the pitch tomorrow night. It's their first game in 23 days. They're going to face the Western Conference leading St. Louis FC in the Gateway City. Austin hasn't played a match since July 29th. This segment brought to you by UBO Business Services. Great people, great service, endless possibilities. That's UBO Business Services. Visit them at ubeo.com. Um, one of the things that uh, I was going to bring up, really brought up earlier, and we talked about this with the Cowboys and the Longhorns, I think it's very similar. Let's like, say thought experiment, say question that they're out there. I think it's an interesting uh, way to start the conversation when was the last time uh, the Texas Longhorns had a team this good? This is the best Texas team since. And when was the last time the Cowboys had a team this well-constructed? This is the best Cowboys team since. We can keep it going in Rod's round of the day, but that is something to think about and ponder. Kind of throwing it out there to those on the Specs text line. And gotten some interesting responses, so we'll go over that and talk about it a little bit. But it, with the expectations being concrete for both the Cowboys and the Longhorns, Cowboys making past the division around. If they don't, disappointing season. Longhorns, if you're not the best team in the Big 12 or at least contending for the Big 12 championship, uh, disappointing season. And you could even go as far as to call it a failure of a season because the, like I said, the, the, the expectations are so concrete. They're so, you know, I mean, they're, they're, they're not vague at all. People aren't really split on, oh man, the team, the, the, the season will be a success or a failure if this or if that. Nope. For both fan bases, everybody knows exactly what the expectations are and the, even the teams, they know what the goals and the expectations are. Yeah. It's and, pretty and, clear. And it's high. It's high stakes. I love it. This says, yeah. guys, best team Texas has had since 08. Since 08? Man. Yeah, because 08 was better than 09. And, and I can even <laughs> add this to it. In 08, the Big 12 had four top 10 teams. That might, that's the best year ever for the Big 12, yeah. actually. You're right about that. I mean, you had yeah. Missouri, Oklahoma, and Tech. Oklahoma All, State was good, too, remember? Oak State was really Oklahoma good. Oklahoma State was good, too. And that's the other, yeah. you know, for this Texas team, there's not another top 10 team 
in the conference, at least in the preseason. Now, That's a great point. K-State could be underrated. Yep. But even in 08, the, the road to the Big 12 title, as we found out, mm-hmm. was a difficult one because, gosh, by, the, by November you had Oklahoma, Texas, and Texas Tech all playing in the top five of the country. Uh, with Mike Leach and Bob Stoops and Mac Brown. So Texas says 95 for Dallas. Ooh, that was a Super Bowl Ooh. with Barry Switzer. Says 09 for Texas, 95 was the last time you had a Cowboys team. The Cowboys, I said, the Cowboys are, this is a loaded team now. There are questions about Mike McCarthy. For both, actually, for both the Loghorns and for uh, the Cowboys, the questions come back to quarterback and head coach, whether your quarterback can play at a high level and whether your head coach can coach out with the highest levels, at the highest levels, I should say. All right, coming up, uh, bottom of the hour, we'll hear this Todd Dodge sound talking about Quinn Ewers and what he's hearing from, because he told us, and you'll hear it in the cut, that Riley Dodge, his son, still communicates with Quinn Ewers quite regularly, mm-hmm. and he follows it. And, of course, Todd Dodge was a quarterback at Texas, so he knows the pressure that comes with that and the expectation. We'll hear Todd's thoughts on that coming up. Also, that uh, we'll talk a lot about the Cowboys-Seahawks matchup on Friday night, uh, Saturday night, Rod, but Saturday afternoon, Texans play the Dolphins. And we know all eyes, you know, receivers are, are you know, Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. There's a Texans receiver that is turning some heads in these joint practices and in training camp. Oh, that's crazy. Uh, I don't, that's weird that you bring that up. I don't even know if you were reading my mind or not. I actually had that as one of my things I was going to get into. But Roger, are, you talk, are we talking about the same tank? Are we talking about the tank? Tank. The hey, tank, man. Right, tank. Yeah. yeah. Well, let's no, jump no. into Ron's round of the day, great. baby. That's awesome. Ron's round. What the hell, man? That's fantastic. I'm, <laughs> I'm not going to take this anymore. It's wild. I know what happens when people stop being polite. And start getting real. You ain't keeping it real. My God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. Oh, no, you've done it now. It's time for Rod's rant of the day. Hold on to your butts. Yeah, that's crazy you brought that up because I was actually looking. Because Tank Dell is small. Tank Dell is the third-round pick of the Houston Texans he's out of the University of Houston. overall. Yeah. And he's a small-ish wide receiver. Um, it's crazy because I was actually looking him up uh, not too long ago. Because um, even before the draft, because I, I was looking at all the small-ish wide receivers in the draft, he's 5'8", 165, and um, he was drafted in the third round, so this doesn't necessarily apply to him, but I was looking at wide receivers who were drafted in the NFL's first two rounds who have a BMI, body mass index, and small receivers have a really low body mass index, of 25 or lower, and found out there, basically the research shows me there have been 24 of them drafted in the first two rounds with a 25 or less body mass index since 2000. And 10 of those, in the first two rounds, about first two rounds, and 10 of those have come in the last three drafts since 2021. So 10 in the last three years, 14 in the previous 21 years before that, drafted in the first two rounds with a body mass index of 25 or less. And you're like, why, how, why do I care about this and why does it matter? Because I think Sark influenced this a little bit. Devontae Smith wins the Heisman. He's a small, slight, skinny-ish wide receiver. Usually the NFL doesn't like guys who are small, skinny, and slight like that at wide receiver. They want someone who's a, you know got, got a little bit more mass to him. And you know his body mass index is? 23.1. There's an argument to be made. He's the slightest receiver ever drafted. He was top 10, 10th overall, that they've never had a receiver that slight and that kind of skinny, <laughs> frail drafted that high. The way Sark weaponized Devontae Smith changed the way the NFL looked at small-ish wide receivers. 
Yeah. Now, Tank Dell, he was expected to go in the first two rounds. He didn't. He dropped to the third round, so he doesn't count in this. But he's 5'8", 165, body mass index. He's, he's 5'8", 165. His BMI is 25. Think about Devontae Smith, and his is 23. <laughs> like, that's how small and, 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 and smallish and frail he is. But we know Sark has a type. You go look at Sark's wide receivers throughout the Xavier years. Worthy is he's slight. got a type. Yeah, he's, <laughs> exactly. He's like Jontae Cook, kind of slight, right? So he's got a type. As long as you're a speed demon, he don't really give a damn about how massive you are at wide receiver. He can look past that. And I'll tell you why. I'll give you the conceptual reason why he can do that, which also relates to the Texans. But it got me to thinking about Tank Dell and the reason that teams are now really high on these small HY receivers when at first they weren't high on picking them high or using a lot of draft capital on them. I will, I'm not saying Sark is the only reason, but there's a correlation to when he uh, weaponized and maximized Devontae Smith and made him the best player in college football, and then the NFL started drafting more wide receivers of that frame, that very small-ish frame. Well, and now they've drafted Bryce Young, who's a slight quarterback. He's just like, and that's <laughs> the question against him, right? Yeah. Because it's a great he, point. He's, he's, yeah. What's the, what's the knock on Bryce? I mean, when Kyler Murray, when he came out, was height, but he was stocky and well-built. And mm-hmm. the question on, on Bryce is he's real slim, and can he, can he last? And now... The thing with Tank Dell that we've seen, and the reason I brought it up ahead of your Rod's rant. That's a great point. We were thinking it's along the same line, well, because they're playing it's, only been, my, it's only been two weeks. Well, I mean, <laughs> the media down in Houston has gotten to cover these joint practices with the Dolphins, right? And they all get out there to see Tyreek Hill mm-hmm. and Jalen Waddell, who's from Houston. Yep. And But it's Tank Dell that the, the Dolphins can't cover him. Like, and, they can't stay in front got, of him. they got good DBs. they got good DBs. <laughs> they got good they can't stay in front of him. <laughs> yeah. Like, he's, he's open mm-hmm. all the time. And he the cool part about Tank Dell with Houston is that C.J. Stroud and Tank Dell worked out together all the whole winter in the lead up to the draft, and they became really good friends. Mm-hmm. And then when they drafted him, CJ Stroud was like, "Oh man, that's C- my dude." CJ Stroud actually recommended him. Yeah, that's my dude. CJ Stroud actually went to he went to the uh, to Nick Casario and recommended Tank Dell. That is the story. Yeah. That, that is a that, that's from CJ Stroud's mouth in an interview uh, after the draft. Well, so, I mean, <laughs> I know the Cowboys are excited to have Brandon Cooks from the Texans, and that move I think is going to help them a lot. Uh, I think the Texans. I think they might have something there with uh, with a guy. That, again, you know, it, it, he he kind of looks when you see him on on the field. He oh, looks man. a little bit like Tyreek Hill or Jalen Waddle. He's just so electric. He's so quick. His his footwork is unbelievable, and they can't they can't stay with him. They and, can't. And he's like, he's five eight one sixty five. Can he can he stay healthy? Becomes a question. Yeah, but this is an NFL that's not as physical. We talked about it. You don't can't really hit receivers anymore. I mean, it's a penalty to really lay a haymaker on a receiver. You can't put your hands on him after five yards. You put a guy like that in the slot, give him a two way go. He's a nightmare. And in motion. Exactly. He's at, he had eight targets, uh, five receptions, sixty five yards, thirty four yards after the catch in that uh, first preseason game. And like I said, he, 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 I'm surprised he wouldn't end up being a Sark wide receiver. He's just under, he's a, he's an underrated guy coming out in terms of being a prospect. He only ran a 4.49, but his 10 yard split was elite. And he basically was the leading receiver in the country in 2022. 17 touchdowns receiving over 1,399. His junior year at Houston was unbelievable. Unbelievable in 2022. And Tank Dell was playing at a junior college just a few years ago. I mean, he's a great story because he's small. He's small. Exactly. Everybody (laughs) overlooks him. No one can touch the guy. And when he saw, Play. So I, I'm with you, and this is a kind of con- a conceptual uh, connection between Bobby Slowick's offense and uh, Steve Sarkeesian's offense. When I track Steve Sarkeesian's offense and just trying to do the research on it when he, before he's come to Texas, I as far back as I could go, I do believe that Steve Sarkeesian started to increase his usage of pre-snap motion after his days in Atlanta. 
in Atlanta. He's following Kyle Shanahan, and Kyle Shanahan is famous for being one of the leaders. Matter of fact, since 2017, nobody's used pre-snap motion more than Kyle Shanahan in the NFL. Sean McVay is second, which is also from that Shanahan clan tree. Uh, Sark openly talks about how he uh, watches Sean McVay and watches uh, you know Shanahan and watches Matt LaFleur, and he loves that coaching tree. So there is evidence that Steve Sarkeesian, after being influenced somewhat in Atlanta by Shanahan, and we know that because he, he used two tailback sets in Atlanta to try to transition that offense from the 21 personnel that Kyle Shanahan was running with a traditional fullback, that he started using more pre-snap motion at that time because he knew what a cheat code it was, and he uses, my based on my research uh pre-snap motion around 55 percent of the time in his first two years that's probably that probably needs to increase the reason that is connected to the texans is because bobby slowick was the offensive coordinator for kyle shanahan which means he's going to use a ton of pre-snap motion how about this number on plays with pre-snap motion in the uh, first preseason game for the texans yards per play they average 6.4 yards per yards per play with pre-snap motion 3.3 yards per play without pre-snap motion it is a serious cheat code and sark he uses it too and he's his cheat codes how about this pre-snap targets to motion for sark 80 percent completion percentage in 2022 81 percent completion percentage in 2021 8.4 yards per attempt in 21 10.10 yards per attempt in 2022 first down touchdown rate 32.7 for 2021, first down touchdown rate 39% for 2022. Explosive play rate 30% for both years. It is a really explosive and effective concept. Sark used it a lot. He should use it more. Yeah, pre-snap motion with the runner, with the receivers in motion. Yeah, it's, uh, and like you said, Tank Dale with that in well, motion about is Sark, a nightmare. <laughs> well, think about when Sark came back from from Atlanta with the Falcons in the NFL to Alabama and weaponized that, and that's when Devontae Smith won the Heisman because he was always in motion, and mm-hmm. they couldn't run with the guy. Yeah. And he also had Jalen Waddle before an injury and Henry Ruggs and all those great receivers yeah. at Alabama. That's why um, he doesn't mind slight receivers because based on his offense, you'll never get your hands on them. Yeah, and I would also <laughs> they say— They won't be stationary long. If you can go back to the Houston, Bobby Slowick is the offensive coordinator with the Texans. He comes from the Kyle Shanahan stable, but also he's a big fan of Mike McDaniel, who's yes. in Miami, the head coach, mm-hmm. and he uses a lot of that pre-step motion with Tyreek Hill and with uh, Jalen Waddle with the matter Dolphins. Of fact, they led the NFL last season in uh, motion rate at seventy six percent. Yes, Miami Dolphins. So did. you can expect Tank yeah. Dell to be in motion a lot for the Texans would be the argument. Yes, because he is that quick, and they have uh, bigger receivers in, in Robert Woods and. Uh, Nico Collins and uh, uh, some other guys down there in Houston. Noah Brown, so, Noah Brown the former Cowboy. That's right. But uh, keep an eye on Tank Dell. I agree with you, Maybe when you get into your fantasy drafts coming up, maybe that's, mm-hmm. a, that's a look, too. Might be a uh, sleeper. Late in the draft. Not early. Late in the draft. But Tank Dell <laughs> out of the Houston Texans, a name to, to maybe put on your list uh, for, for late draft prospects. We'll come back. When we do, we'll pick up these conversations. Plus, hear from Todd Dodge, uh, the quarterback expert and, li- and legendary high school coach, talking about Quinn Ewers, what he's hearing from uh, Longhorn Camp. Also, more on the uh, the Friday edition of Ian Rod V. Mornings with... One, two, three, ho! Man, I'm glad it's Friday. Glad you're with us. However you're finding us, we make it as easy as possible. Of course, you have 1019 and AM 1260, but if you're struggling there, go ahead and jump on that Horn app. Appreciate you doing it. The digital numbers have been through the roof, and we appreciate you finding that Horn app, downloading it, sharing it with a friend. I told you that's the tip, Rod. You can know if you're on an iPhone like I have, you can press mm-hmm. down on the Horn app and Spread copy it. I love like it. Because if you, if you press down on the Horn app, I'm going to show you if you're watching on Twitch, you can see this. You, you Wherever it's sitting on your, your home screen, hold it down. It'll say Share App. 
You go to share app, and then all you have to do is go down to copy it, and you copy it, and you can send it to whoever you want. No, I like that. And then there if they go. have an iPhone, they'll have the link to the Horn app, and if they have something else, they can figure it out. I didn't know that. But it's so simple, and then you're listening to our show and all the shows here on the Horn, so thank you for doing that. Who taught you that? Your kids? I just experimenting. <laughs> you were just experimenting on your phone, <laughs> just pressing buttons. Yeah, <laughs> like well, an old I, man. You know, you can, the iPhone <laughs> is so user friendly. You can copy most anything and uh, paste and and you know. Yeah, no, you're uh, right. So I was like, it I, was wonder that, I wonder if I could send that. That's true. And it and it is. It's, can I give a quick shout out, Rod, before we get back to some some sound and some good conversations on a Friday? Let's do it. Uh, a good buddy of mine, Greg Alvarez. His kids, Christine near Catherine and Christopher Alvarez, are twins. And they our, our show is their alarm clock every morning. Oh. Our show is their alarm clock. Appreciate you. And thank God you all very you. much. They're sixth thank graders you. at Lamar Middle School. They're hey. off back to school this week. Go Scotties. Uh, Chris is a football player and uh, Catherine a swimmer. And Ooh. they listen to our show every morning. So I thank like you it. to them. And they asked if we'd give them a shout out. And uh, absolutely. Of course we will. like that. I like the kids. Uh, got a swimmer and a football player. Huh? And they our like show that. is their alarm clock. It's a beautiful thing. See? That means we got to have... The, we got to have the spirits up. You know what I mean? You got to be positive in the morning. Spirits up, positive. Cause we got kids waking up trying to be inspired. They want to be inspired. Uh, uh, well, inspired. Hopefully yes. we're inspiring the kids. <laughs> uh, a little bit. This best. is, uh, I, I haven't heard you guys say this, but saying, Alexa, play the horn on TuneIn Radio lets me listen to you as well. So there you go. See you, Rod? Boom. Listen. Thank you, Alexa. Thank, Thank you, Alexa. Alexa. I like that. I, I Sometimes to... when people are at home and we, I say, hey, Alexa, there people, everybody's Alexas go off. I turned <laughs> off my Alexa. I'm not going to lie. I didn't trust her. I did not trust she her. Was she listening was listening to you. She was listening when I did not want her to listen, and she was she was she was she was going rogue too much, too much uh, rogue activity with my Alexa. So I had to unplug her, man. I can't can't trust it. Can't trust it. Can't trust it. Can have a wire in the house. Also, yeah, exactly. also on the uh, the one hundred one nine signal app, um, and Ty, you're getting all the emails from people. We've been told now by the engineers that we need your address when you do send that email, and Ty's going to be reaching back out to you. It's not for any spam or junk mail. We will not contact you. No one will ever contact. All we're doing, all we're doing is compiling a list of people, and the the FCC needs to know where you are and. Uh, Hopefully, we can get things mm. going better with that 1019 signal, too. So People are way too skeptical to do that, to give your your address to the oh, FCC. Well, <laughs> so, yes. Let's hope that they do. Good morning <laughs> to, <laughs> to me. Well, a lot of conspiracy theories out there like, give my address to the FCC. But you know what? I mean, selfishly. So, so hey, they already been, got it, people, just so you know. <laughs> someone who's uh, d- uh, been in radio as long as I have, and you live and die by radio ratings in your career. Uh it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. And the, the digital numbers are just so so right there. It tells you how many people are listening, and that's oh, yeah. a great number. Real time data, real time data, the analytical it's not era, some Nielsen diary <laughs> yeah, BS. You wait weeks to get, yeah, no. a month behind. <laughs> no, you're right about I, that. Yeah, that's why I, I really appreciate those who are going to the app and listening there. Tune in as well, and on the website, on the YouTube channel. It is a digital realm. You know, those radio signals are more and more like newsprint and newspapers every day. It's the um, truth. And it's, you know, it's it's just the way of the world. Evolve or die, as Steve Sarkeesian says. Everybody's streaming everything, too. Trust me, there. The, the regular television ecosystem, too, is changing a little bit. And also, uh, trust us, we are working and efforting to upgrade the signal. So those who 
do still want to listen old school way, make it as easy as we possibly can on that front. Yeah, too, and don't be paranoid about the FCC having your address because the truth is, uh, those companies have all your data anyway. They got, <laughs> they they got, got all the information. They got you. <laughs> all the apps you download on your phone. They got all that information. Don't oh, worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> Big right, brother wanted, watching. Wanted to play this, Rod, because uh, <laughs> boy, in our ten o'clock hour yesterday, and go back and listen on the podcast. We had a great conversation with Todd Dodge. Oh. It was fantastic. Uh, Todd, of course, now retired, but won seven state championships, uh, four at South Lake Carroll, three at Westlake. He also lost in, in two state championship games, so nearly nine state championships. Uh, and th- three twice went three in a row. Did it at South Lake Carroll, he won three straight at the 5A level, and then um, did it at Westlake on his way out. And now he's retired and living with his wife out in Horseshoe Bay and playing golf and living the dream. Good life. Uh, go listen to that, man. You want to hear how to build a program, how to how to build culture, how to win football games, how not to lose football games. And Some of that stuff applies to not just football. You can apply it life. to building company, yeah, team building, your family. Kind. Yeah, exactly. Your family. <laughs> well, it takes you behind the scenes of how he won so many football games and, and took programs and won at the highest level in high school football. Ty's a witness. And it does I played for him. Ty's and, a witness. Uh, let, but I, let, I pulled this cut just because it applies to the Longhorns, who have a big scrimmage tomorrow. Quinn Ewers is going to be the starting quarterback. All reports are that Arch Manning is having a heck of a camp and is is battling with Malik Murphy to be the backup, which is important. You know, Quinn Ewers gets hurt, then who's going to be the guy that goes in next? That's being determined. Mm-hmm. And maybe tomorrow's scrimmage, Rod, uh, goes a long way to that. We, you know, everybody came out of the spring workouts and spring game thinking Malik Murphy, obviously, but all accounts, Arch Manning has had a heck of a summer. Yeah, he's he, he's a sponge for information. He doesn't make the same mistake twice. And you know that long run that he had the other day, where everyone's in, you've been talking about the twenty miles an hour. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was talking to folks. One of the things that people are saying is that the reason he was able to get the run is he read the defense so quickly. He understood it was man defense. He mm-hmm. knew what play he had called, and the minute he saw a lane that opened up. Phew, Gone. He didn't hesitate, mm, and he decisive. beat everybody. And because when he was taken off running twenty miles an hour, <laughs> the DBs still had their back to him because mm-hmm. he made the quick the decision so quickly point. that I got man coverage. There's nothing on that side of the field or in the middle of the field. I'm going, mm-hmm. and he made. And that's kind of how Arch has been. But Quinn Ewers is going to be the starter, and here was uh, Todd Dodge yesterday talking about what he's hearing on Quinn, and he'll let you and remind you that his son Riley Dodge is the head coach at South Lake Carroll right now and coached Quinn Ewers. When he was in high school, here is uh, Todd Dodds talking about uh, the Longhorn starting quarterback. Well, first of all, from Riley, yes, they are still very close. Uh, Riley, you know, coached him for three years. He was he was part of their varsity um, for part of his freshman year. Uh, took him to a, uh, a semifinal his uh, his sophomore year, and then took him to the state championship game his junior year. So, yeah, they were together a long time. To, um, I, I personally had had uh, Quinn in, in camp back when he was a rising ninth grader, and mm. uh, it doesn't take long to figure out uh, when you can hear the ball coming out of someone's hand like you could that even at that age. Um, but it's really good. I mean, Quinn is is so, you know he, he's such a good kid. He really is, um, and I think people who've been around him and this is coming from Riley more than anything. He's 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 kind of a little bit shy and, and introverted a little bit. Um, but I think he's really stepping out of that and, and becoming the leader that he needs to be. And uh, it doesn't take long to figure out when you just see him, you know, on when they do a news clip of the Longhorn or something that he has uh, definitely uh, kind of redefined what his body should look like. And, and, um, and, uh, and that's a good thing. And I think one thing people don't realize, and Riley and I were talking about this the other day, you know, Riley was saying, I don't think people really realize what a really good athlete he is. 
uh, you, you kind of, you know, last year you, you got the, you know, you got the mullet and you got the beard and you kind of got the, you know, the body's a little bit dumpy looking, you know, at, you know, and all of a sudden people, but now he's kind of back when he was in high school. I mean, he was track athlete also, you know, I mean, he was a, he was a member of the, you know, the, the mile relay team, the four by two, he could scoot. Now I can remember watching him as a sophomore take 180 to the house on zone read against Denton Geyer. And they got some guys that can run. So a uh, big Quinn fan, obviously uh, just look for, for great things for him. There you go, Todd Dodge. Yeah. Uh, that would have surprised a lot of people that Quinn Ewers was a track star. I actually track did. athlete. Yeah. I don't want to say star, but track, track on the track team. That he can run. Yeah. Well, and this is why, you know, his, his life choices of not going to his senior year and, and going to Ohio State to make, him, make a bunch of money, mm-hmm. um, it, that can be debated. And, and you know, the, but it does feel like Quinn has gotten his feet back under him um, and is understanding – the enormity of the job he has. I mean, he's the Texas quarterback. Todd Dodge also talked about that. He knows that he knows very well. Exactly. <laughs> it's a as VY said, you get all the girls, but you get all the grief. Yeah, <laughs> you get used to it. Well, get and, used and, to it, man. And so Todd Dodge, just like you can, Rod, but you can't relate to being the quarterback at Texas. Uh, Todd no. Dodge can. I was friend. I was best friends with one, and it's a tough job. <laughs> it, all the girls and all the grief. He got a lot of grief. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's it's and that's and, and as Todd said to us, Coach Dodge, it never changes. And he said, mm-hmm. "I did it in the early '80s." You know, Sims and Vy did it in the early '90s, early 2000s, and Quinn's doing it now. It's a hard job. It's a really hard job. The expectations, but you know if. Uh, and if you can meet expectations here as that quarterback, ask me why about it, though. <laughs> You'll celebrate it for ask Colt about it. You'll celebrate it forever. Ask Peter the Great. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny that to, 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 on the Arch Manning conversation, the fact that Arch is having such a good summer, I mean, this more leads into my belief that, Arch, that Quinn Ewers is either going to be in the draft in April or he's going to be transferred somewhere else. Because he's either going to have a really good season, and I think his family and he would like to make that choice and begin his pro career. Uh, That's and, good point. and if he has a really good season, he's going. He's been fast-tracked, it seems like, his entire oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. high school. That's yeah. part of the deal. He's been fast-tracked. Don't think that's not yeah. in, uh, on that's the That's in agenda. the plan. That's intentional. Well, yeah, when he was deciding to skip his senior year of high school and go to Ohio State, that was a family decision. Yeah. Um, but So if he has a really good year and Texas achieves the bar we're talking about, plays in a Big 12 championship game, plays in the New Year's Bowl game, whatever it becomes, even the Final Four, for crying out loud, uh, he'll be in the draft. Uh, Does that be really good or just projected to be first round? Yeah, or project. Yeah, if he just projected to be first round with you, I think he. I think he. But, but I think if if Texas struggles, he the reason they struggle is well, he's going to struggle. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, I think he's. It's you could. I mean, he could be. I don't want to. Spencer Rattler. Remember when Spencer Rattler was the pre preseason number? He was going to be the number one pick in the draft. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the year with Oklahoma, was yeah, transferring. I remember that. Yeah, we've stop. seen that. We've seen that a few times uh, with guys with the draft stock well, just precipitously drops, especially with a guy like Arch Manning. And Malik Murphy pushing him. Well, in a national narrative, it's just annoying. Oh, yeah. But it, that's all they keep talking about is, all right, they just skip over Malik Murphy. <laughs> they don't really, well, they're not informed enough. Come January, the argument will be the town's not big enough for the both of them. Or maybe not for the all three of them. And, and it's amazing that Steve Sarkeesian and, been this, able to keep him. and the NIL yeah. was able to keep Malik Murphy here right now. That was actually, that that was a hell of a coup uh, by, by Steve Sarkeesian. Because everybody thought Malik Murphy would take... Not only the NIL opportunities elsewhere, but the chance to play. Yeah, the, to play right away. You know, people were coming after him. Oh, uh, in been, a big, because because there have been, been coaches reports. admitting that, that there were coaches coming after. Mac Brown admitted that there were people coming after Drake May. Oh, t- tampering is tampering is like speeding. 
Tampering is like speeding. Most of y'all listening right now are, are, are about to speed or have sped already. You already broke that law. Everybody breaks that law every day. It is the most broken law yeah, on the books. And tampering is the most violated NCAA rule on the books, and it ain't even close. Everybody's yeah, tampering. God, and by the way, doing it through intermediaries. If, if, yeah, everybody's on, tampering. Everybody's well, tampering. Well, Brown said I mean, that people were offering Drake May money. Like he, That's my starting quarterback. Yes. So you don't think they're after Malik Murphy? And and behind the scenes after the spring game he had and the the, the, the polish he showed? Yes. Of course they were. Of course they are, man. And he's still here. And so is Arch Manning. And I think I the one thing I, I think I, about Arch, I think Arch wants to play quarterback in Texas. I think I Arch you. wants to. And in the SEC, which he will. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. I don't know if that was part of the plan, but yeah. No, I'm with you on that. Okay, so and Coach Dodge, he, he did say that he, he ran what events and what uh, events he ran in track? Did he say? He ran four like by the two. half mile. Uh, he said half the, the mile, mile like, in the mile relay. Okay, and half, then he okay. said the four by two. The four by two. So, but on a relay team okay. for two hundred meters. All right. Uh, not a sprinter. Not a sprinter, yeah. but fast. Still though, fast enough. And now he's down mm. to one ninety five. He says, and mm. he's got the buzz cut going. Hey, okay. I also ran those events in high school, and I was not fast. So, but the half mile, <laughs> mile relay, the yeah. four by two. <laughs> it's got to fill out the roster. Sometimes. Uh, you know, there's Todd Dodge, and if, if you can go listen to that whole interview, if you want to learn more about football and building a team and you know foundation stuff for your life, it's good stuff. It's really, really good. Uh, from I'm actually going to check Todd that Dodge. out too. Listen I'm going to again. go listen to it again. Yeah, because that's some, that some deep stuff. I need to go take more like notes a TED on talk. it. It really, <laughs> no, it's really good, man. It's about, what's about 15 minutes? 20 minutes. We're about 20 minutes. 20 minutes. It's meaty, coach. though, man. It's a lot of meat in that thing. Yeah, goal boards and, and oh. how they win at, at Westlake, how they won at Southlake. Come back. We'll hit bullish or BS, of course, on a Friday. Also, we talk about Rod's asked the question this morning. This is the best Longhorn team on paper since, the best Cowboys team on paper since, because the expectations are really high for both. And we're getting championship like championship suggestions oh, people here. People saying 01 Texas, 09 Texas, <laughs> yeah. 95, 95 Cowboys. Yeah. I'm like, whoa. Well, I've got some sound for you on from the 95 Cowboys, coached by Barry Switzer, <laughs> that I think Cowboy fans are going to like because it takes us back to that that time and oh, place. Man. It's uh, it's a busy Friday. Bullish and BS next. It's time for a ride on a Friday morning. We've got some Toby Keith. Oh, man. Nia Sooner. Uh, I think you might write about that. I think you might write about that. Yeah, you might be right about that. I think sooner. he is. I would say he's been on the sideline before. He's, he's a, a big Sooner. Yeah, he's been on the sideline before. Are we I do like this song. Though. You like Toby? You like this no. Toby Keith song? Like, no. You don't like Toby Keith. You like the song. I like this song. Okay. It's got a little. I don't like Red Solo Cup. I will tell you that. Come on. <laughs> Come on, man. But it's a good song to lead us into Bullish or BS. It's brought to you by the Austin Gamblers, Austin's undefeated professional bull riding team in the second season of the PBR. They're 7-0 and to start the year, and we're, gosh, one week away from their uh, – their big weekend, the 25th, 26th, and 27th out at Moody, Moody Center. Let's dive into Bullish or BS on a Friday. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Just happened. We had it. <laughs> but that's Bullish. Yes. <laughs> it's different than it was yesterday. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> bullish, bullish or BS. Uh, brought to you by the Austin Gamblers. AustinGamblers.com. Bullish or BS. Brought Sorry. to you by the Austin Gamblers. There we go. Nice. It's official, official. All right. 
You want me to go first? I want you to go first and bullish your BS. These are uh, topics that uh, we're either on pro pro side of or con side of. We're calling BS. Uh, okay, so you know who John Boy is, right? The um, the baseball analyst. He, yes. does, he follows the Yankees. He's a big Yankee fan. Okay. Um, but he had a take about the Rangers because apparently he's calling out the Rangers. Here is uh, John Boy calling out your Texas Rangers, Ty. Ooh. So Texas Rangers fans are doing the roll call now. What is the roll call? It is something that Yankee fans created in the late 90s in the bleachers where you yell out every player's name until they acknowledge you. And listen, I understand the Yankees are down right now. They might have their first losing season since 1992. But you don't do this, Rangers fans. You, you, you do your own traditions. The roll call is a Yankee thing, and it always will be. Why is this making me so angry? I don't know. I'm almost more angry about this than I am about the current state of the Yankees. The roll call is a Yankee tradition, and some traditions should not be replicated. So please kindly stop. Okay, bullish or BS, there's some traditions that you shouldn't, as CDC says, rip off and duplicate. His R&D uh, message he throws out there all the time. Texas has done it. Remember, they did the jump around thing. That was what Wisconsin, I believe, originally yep. had to jump around. Uh, there are traditions, right? There's Sweet Caroline. Was that uh, Boston? That plays a Sweet Caroline or so, whatever it is. Yep. Uh, uh, so, the Neil Diamond Classic. Exactly. You can't. Nobody can steal that, right? The team stealing that. That'd be kind of lame. So, does he make a good point here, yes or no, no. that the, the Rangers BS. shouldn't be taking him. the roll call? You can't. You can't call out your players' names until they record. Like, what is that? Well, no, no, no. It's actually there is a chant. Like they actually have a chant, and they get in unison to call out a player's name until he acknowledges it. To like publicly I, to that section, so that is like different than just going to it and just calling out a player's name, which everybody does every time they've gone me, to a game. Let me say, I'm calling BS. Okay. Typically, I would, I would agree with the sentiment that he's had, but I hate that guy. <laughs> so you're just calling BS, but you that hate guy. that guy. Well, he's the guy that that started the whole uh, yeah, 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 the buzzer, buzzer, the buzzer thing. Yeah, he's that guy. I mean, he's the one, he's been the loudest barker about the Astros, even though his Yankees were he cheating is. right along with them. Uh, and they have been caught, and were, but but of course, Major League Baseball wasn't going to punish the Yankees in New York uh, for they weren't doing trash can things, but they were doing very very similar things digitally, and have been caught cheating as well. John Boy or John Boy, whatever his name is, John Boy is J O M Boy, not a fan. Yeah, I know a lot of people don't like so him. So BS, BS on that. Hey Rod, uh, yeah, uh, BS on it too. Bullish or BS on this? I don't have the audio. Well, I do have the audio, but he's speaking in. Uh, Another language. Lionel uh, Messi. What's well, not going to help Lionel us Messi uh, did his first interview since joining the MLS and joining Inter-Miami. And, of course, we know he's got nine goals in six matches. And he said, talking about, he was telling, he told ESPN, talking about the MLS now having played, you know, some games in this league. I think, he says, I think it, meaning the league, has every opportunity to do so. He was asked about the MLS growing. Uh, he said, right now is an ideal moment for the MLS to grow. There are important competitions coming up that we played in this country, 2024 Copa America, 2026 FIFA World Cup. It's time for the league to make that leap and finish growing, finish looking for what it's been seeking for a while and continue to grow. Because there have been people within mm-hmm. the MLS calling for them to make their salary cap less restrictive. Oh, yeah. Uh, to create rules that incentivize players in Europe and others yes. to come here. Celebrity star players right, to come Right, and follow. Yep. And here's the biggest celebrity of them all saying, now's the time, y'all. Uh, there really is an opportunity to capitalize on this with with, ML, with the, the World Cup coming in 26, Copa America in 24. Mm-hmm. Are you bullish on the MLS 
growing in the next five to seven years, Rod, to to rival some of the European leagues? Uh, I'm bullish. This is they got to take advantage of this moment in time uh, with Messi because it's going to be hot. But I, I don't know how long this uh, <laughs> you know this moment will last for them. Maybe two years. It is the David Beckham model which basically what he did, he had what contractually, it was in his contract that he would have the opportunity to buy an MLS team for $25 million. He did that. Now this team is probably going to be on the value, be worth valuation, probably upwards of a billion dollars potentially in the next couple of years. Uh, he wants to do that. We don't know exactly what the price would be for him to purchase an MLS team, but there's a lot of reports. They also, they have a similar contractual uh, clause in his deal as well that he'll have the opportunity to buy in which is why he's saying hey change the rules now make it something that's more palatable to all these big international soccer stars so they'll come to the MLS and they'll want to get market share deals and they'll want to get revenue share deals and it it may cost these teams but it'll make the MLS unique and that way you'll be able to attract more big time talent. Well I think you're right I mean there's a self-serving part of Messi's comments because he's now tied in. Yeah yeah of course. But at the same time, unlike the David Beckham move, which was still it was decades before it was going to mm-hmm. grow, it was just such a, uh, a young league. Now I think Messi, I'm bullish on it. I think he's right that you're, and I think his message is to the ownership and the league of the MLS saying now's the time for you guys now's to stop being so restrictive, uh, because the the MLS has been trying to be friendly to the you know there are some deep pocketed team you know franchises like Austin, uh, L.A. Uh, Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and then there are some not-so-deep-pocketed franchises, and they're trying to keep it some semblance of balance. But Messi is sounding the alarm, saying, look, if you guys will open this up a little more, a lot more, we can attract more players. Yeah, I got the connections. He's like, trust me, I'm Lionel Messi. Everybody wants to talk. Nobody's going nobody's to not take my call. I can call all these guys and be like, hey, man, come on, they're changing the rules. Y'all might want to come on over here. Miami's pretty sweet. <laughs> exactly. So I'm with Messi on now. This might be the time to do it. And remember, and you can always have it. The next CBA comes up. You can yeah. change things again. But I think you got to maximize this moment if you're MLS because the world is actually watching MLS. When's the last time somebody said that? <laughs> so, uh, exactly. Hey, listen, last one for me, or do you have another bullish or BS? I got one, but you can go. I got one. We'll scramble. Well, today's in. National Fajita Day. Okay. National Fajitas Day. What is the best? When where, where are your where's your most bullish fajita? Oh, where do you v- get them? V- Vaqueros. Done. I think Vaqueros has the best meat quality fajitas out there, and it ain't even close. I think it's. And do you go yeah. beef? Beef, chicken, beef, I, chicken, I shrimp. I do a combination of, and I liked all three. I'm a beef, chicken, and shrimp guy. I want them all. Want yeah. them all. Me too. I want them all. Yeah, man. Variety. And when I eat fetus, I don't even use the tortillas, and I know I should. I just go into the meat. I just go all in I'm on the meat. I'm with you on that. Yeah. The fajitas, if you, if uh, you tortillas get the right fresh fajitas, oh. and that's the other thing about vaqueros, they make them right there. They make right? the tortillas right there on the spot. Ty, where's your bullish fajita? National fajita day. Either vaqueros or... Uh, why am I Lupe Tortilla? Lupe. Lupe ain't Those bad. Are, Lupe ain't bad. Um, I'll save my – can I save mine for the other side? Right on the other side. We'll do it. It's pretty, it's pretty good. So okay. we'll finish that up. All right. All right. Coming back Friday, E and Rod B. Also, we need a new uh, moniker for our show. We're going to have a new name by next week of the show. It's coming. But I also have pulled – some of the best fantasy football team names for the year, Rod. You like these? The fantasy football? Are they PG-13? Oh, some yeah. of them are pretty Most X-rated. Of them are. We'll run through a list of those and that cowboy sound, I promise you. Yeah. And an update on Lifetime Longhorn Moro Ojimo, who left the uh, Eagles game in a cart last night, unfortunately. We'll get you details. It's Ian Rod B.